Hey everyone, welcome to Sick in the City, where Amanda and Mel, two sick chicks filling the tea on chronic illness. In today's episode, we're going to talk all about traveling with chronic illness, which to the surprise of both Mel and I, we cannot believe we haven't covered this before. So here we are, we're ready to do it. Let's get into it. Hey Mel, how are you today? Hi. Well, it was your birthday. And, um, yes, you know, my gift to you, which you did not take advantage of (laughs) was for me to sing you a song because distance wise, you know, like you're on a trip over the weekend for your birthday, like, and that's really the best I could do. (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. I was out of service. Essentially. I had really bad service where I was. So I could not, like I was getting texts super late from people. I was just like, and then my phone was dying. So you were like, I'll sing to you. And I was like, love that truly can't take you up on it because now it's like nine o'clock. I'm like trying to watch the Met game, which was a very, very big, big game. And I was like, that was like all I could do. Like my phone could literally only handle streaming the Met game in this like, you know, (laughs) mountain sticks boondock location. (laughs) Where were you? I was in upstate New York, all the way near Lake Ontario. So I was actually on Lake Ontario and that is about, I would say six hours by car from where I am. It's like an hour North of Syracuse. So the farthest North in the state that I've ever been actually. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. So you've never been to the Niagara Falls. (laughs) I have not been to Niagara Falls. I have been to Syracuse. I almost went to college in Syracuse actually, but this is the farthest North that I've ever been. And it is beautiful. It is. It was so gorgeous. Lake Ontario is clear, fully clear. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It is clear water, which I love. And I hate dark water. I have a fear of dark water. So if you put me in a lake and I can't see the bottom, like I'm not getting in this lake. Uh, Amen. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which I just accredit to what lies beneath seeing that movie when I was in high school. I've seen too many shark movies, honestly. Like there's just, yeah, I love the ocean. I love it. But like, there's a lot of weird weird yeah and forget the for wait hold on forget the sharks like i am with one with the animals what i'm worried about is like dead bodies and i'm like (laughs) somebody's been dumped here something's gonna grab me is there a shipwreck like what no no no. it's the animals get come on come on at me but no so you're not afraid of sharks like you you would just well i would be afraid of a shark no if i saw a shark i would be very afraid of a shark but like I don't want to say that I'm not afraid of sharks, but I, my concern is completely irrational. Like it's not a, like to me, fearing a shark is a rational fear. You're like, Oh, like I might get mauled by a shark. Mine is like a dead body is in here. It is going to, I'm going to like swim by it. Like as if it wouldn't have like decayed already. Oh, no wonder you only watch like Bravo, like TV. Like I know all you can tolerate. <laughs> Yeah. I'm just way too paranoid of a person. So I was very thrilled that the water was clear. I felt very, very close to just source and sitting on rocks and it was, but I had like no cell phone service. It was a truly disconnecting type of experience. That had to have been really, really nice for you. I mean, I don't have enough excuses to turn off my phone and not physically being able to be on it, like without service what a nice break. Was it nice or did it It was super? No, no, no. It was super nice. I just, no, it was really nice. I've actually been recently putting my phone on do not disturb quite a lot. Like I'm getting really into just disconnecting. 
yeah from social unplugging disconnecting the only thing was that it was a very very important series for my New York Mets who were (laughs) trying to clinch a playoff spot and they did on my birthday so that was my birthday (gasps) gift from the world oh wow and I was like desperate to watch baseball and like I was and I have the app on my phone so I was like (laughs) by Lake Ontario on one foot like holding my phone up to watch the game (laughs) A true scene, a true <laughs> dedicated scene. fan. <laughs> yes. So, okay. but it's really, it's really cool because I feel like this is sort of inspired, you know, what we're going to be talking about today. And now I am not feeling super great sort of coming off of this trip, which I think just traveling kind of disrupts our natural rhythm. And I think it also kind of leads into how you've been feeling lately and you're going on a trip in a couple of days. So what's been going on with you health-wise? Yeah. So it's interesting because I've just been under a lot of stress recently and like my body has just not felt right in a while. And it's similar to the stress I felt when I had chronic illness where, you know, you, you don't really understand like how it's affecting your body physically. Um, and there was just a moment like last week, I was so unusually tired and like brain foggy and I've, especially when stress is happening, like make sure to prioritize the food I'm eating, the water I'm drinking, the rest I'm getting. Like I was doing everything right to the point where I know like digestion wise, I should have been fine, but I was not like things started shifting uncomfortably you know via bowel movement or if we want to get specific but well we will talk about bowel movements today regardless you might as well just start it off (laughs) i know prepare yourselves people (laughs) let's get into the bms so yeah i'm excited i always love talking about about it so let's yes and if you haven't heard our coffee enema episode please go listen to that if you really want to get into bms with us (laughs) oh yeah no my friend just sent me a tiktok the other day talking about how you only have a number of poop friends like not not all friends are poop friends but the ones you have where you can discuss it you know those are that's a close bond and friendship and when I watched that I was like wait like everyone I know is a poop friend like yeah I think it's I think it comes with the territory because I I also I think as a practitioner like my clients text me to tell me that they've gone to the bathroom and then they get like the utmost support and cheering. Like, I'm like, yes. They're like, Amanda, I went, I had a bowel movement today. And I'm like, yes. And then I'm like, how did this become my life? I, yeah. How did I become this person? <laughs> did we send out like celebrate party emojis? Like when yeah. a bowel movement takes place. I love it. I don't know. Yeah. I feel yeah. like it's always been my, my destiny. Yeah. So what was going on with your gut though? Were you going a lot or not going? I mean, we don't have to get graphic, but like you were having digestive issues. Yes. Very loose. To, like I've never, ever, ever like loose and urgent. And that's mm. not normal for me at all. And actually something cued me off last week. I was laying in bed and I typically take magnesium before I go to bed. And for whatever reason, I got really nauseous and my stomach hurt after I took it. And I was like, something's up. And typically that's a sign that my hiatal hernia uh, Mm. is acting up, which is basically when your stomach um, protrudes through uh, your diaphragm up into your chest. So it kind of stops the process of digestion. It can cause symptoms like, like trouble swallowing or, you know, tightness of breath. 
there's a lot of weird, strange symptoms. Yeah. And acid. I have one too. Like a lot of people it's, it's interesting to me because when it's loose and urgent, my immediate thought is heat. Like that's inflammatory stuff, you know, and coming off of, I think like, you know, dealing with stress inflammation, like that always says inflammation to me, even being coming off of a hot season, being in a hot climate for you. Like I would imagine that the heat in your body is probably running rampant right now. Yes, totally. No, I feel it. I mean, like I've even <laughs> not like physical heat, but sometimes I feel like it is. Cause I I'll like put my hand on Justin and he'll be like, Whoa, you're like really yeah. warm. And I'm like, I am. Cause normally I run cold, you know, like in my, yeah. my experience with thyroid stuff, yeah. you know, I was always cold. Now it's like, I'm hot. So it's definitely a shift, which is interesting. And, you know, looking out for all those cues and warning signs is always really fascinating to me, but, but I definitely could tell like my hiatal hernia was up. And even from my experience in the past, you can kind of feel like just under your left rib cage. And like, for me, I would kind of feel it. And I could tell there was like a pressure there Mm -hmm. and I'm like, Ooh, it's up. I know it's up. Yeah. So, and you can manually fix that. Can't you by like jumping or something? Yes. So rebounding on a trampoline can actually really, really help. I've not been doing that as much as I should have been doing it. Um, but if you're like constantly stressed and stuff, it's tough because it does, it can kind of like creep back up again. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why it can creep up. A lot of doctors will say that's something you have to get fixed with surgery. Um, not the case. No, 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 no. So you can actually go to like a chiropractor or, you know, somebody who's well-versed with that, who can manually kind of push it down, uh, with their hands. And it is kind of like a little uncomfortable feeling, but it's not like, it doesn't hurt. Um, yeah. you feel tons of relief afterward. So I just knew I needed to go see my doctor. I hadn't seen her in a while. She's one of my many doctors, honestly, like I kind of have a team of people I go to based on specific needs. And for her, I'll go to her if I ever just feel like symptoms are kind of out of whack, but I don't need like testing done. You know, I just need an adjustment. And if I've been under a lot of emotional stress, she does like, like chiropractic adjustments, but in a way of addressing emotional stress and cues. So it's really interesting because especially as you're on the table, while she's muscle testing you, she can actually tell like physically which emotions are affecting you. So like we kind of process through who are you angry at? Who are you angry Mm -hmm. at? And like, I have to work through that. And then she's like, what are you saying I can't about? What are you saying I can't about? And like all these weird emotional things that are just affecting me more than I realized. And just were making me feel really heavy. And throughout my appointment, I just started feeling lighter and lighter. And you can actually Mm -hmm. hear it in your voice. Like my voice physically, like, went from being deep to kind of like having this upbeat, you know, more airy tone. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's, it just is everything when your body's kind of well-balanced and and you're able to really um, shed some of that energy that you're holding on to. And one of the things she did tell me was that a lot of the weight that was on me was actually energy from other people that I'd been kind of like bearing. Well, no surprise there. (laughs) Yeah. And I always, I don't know, like, I feel like I protect myself as best as I can, but sometimes I do, you know, I just get I get personally connected to like some of the people I work with in a, in a way where I recognize things that happen to me, you know, are happening to them. And so it's, it's a tough, you know, line to kind of balance, um, and kind of navigating my way through all of that. Uh, but something that she did recommend that I've been doing, and I'm excited to talk more about is actually like raising my vibration, which is 
really cool sounding and I don't technically know like exactly what all it means but she's having me listen to frequency music uh that I told a man about and man was like I'll send you a Spotify playlist I have a playlist I love frequency music well the thing I and I am by all means not an expert in this I just when I just love it so much yeah we each sort of have our own vibration and frequency. And I don't know if you remember, but both of us had gotten those readings, those Akashic readings, and she told you what your, your frequency is as oh. a soul. And so we're actually certain people can read that and they can tell you kind of what your frequency is. And then there are ways to raise the frequency and raise the vibration from where you are at. Right. And so things like eating high vibrational foods, um, things like raw fruits and vegetables are very, very high vibrational because they haven't been cooked yet. They're really in their raw form. Things like even like nuts and seeds, um, whole grains, like whole foods are really, really great for raising your vibration because they have a lot of energy and frequency in them. Mm. And then listening to music, things like laughing meditation, like the more that you sort of sit in meditation, that's how we kind of raise our frequency or things like affirmations can raise mm-hmm. our frequency. So it is kind of like changing the way that you speak and, and sort of the way that you present yourself, um, things like herbs, like herbal medicine can really raise your frequency. There's certain herbs that raise them more than others and certain even colors of foods that can help different vibrations based on different chakras and energy centers within the body. So it's really fun. I think we should get an expert to come and talk about it. Cause I am not that, but super cool that, that she talked to you about that. Yeah. And I've been listening to the music pretty much nonstop, just had it like on in the background now. And I really do feel like good listening to it. Yeah. It feels really, really good. And like walking my dog around, like, and, you know, it's just nice to kind of have on and really feels like it's calming me in a way, but also energizing me at the same time. So it's, it's really cool. So I'm excited to kind of dive deeper into that, but yeah, I mean, I'm more and more excited about my little trip to Colorado this weekend. I think it's coming at a really good time where I just need to kind of like reset, you know, like mindset wise, total life purpose, (laughs) you know, path wise, it's always nice to kind of get a break to realize like what you really want and stuff. Cause I mean, we can just get really bogged down in the day to day and And I know, I mean, sometimes traveling can be good uh, for us mentally, for physically, you know, maybe not so much. Yeah, Um, it's hard. It's hard. I'm very curious to kind of dive into all that. I I know as far as traveling with chronic illness, like I've, I've been traveling now with autoimmune since like 2015 or so. And Mm -hmm. I actually had a really tough conversation with um, a practice member yesterday about like how tough it is to travel experiencing symptoms or like going through a detox or dealing with bloating or food sensitivities like that it's a whole world and of like understanding how to manage it and so you know let's start with what can go wrong like what can go wrong (laughs) (laughs) well you're being well you're being taken out of your routine and our routines for people with chronic illness is everything because we like take our supplements we eat our foods like we really keep a pretty tight like ship and part of that is, is control. And I know that traveling kind of is one of those things where you have to like go of that a little bit. Like we don't have control over our environment, but early, early on in my traveling with chronic illness, I really would lose my mind. Now I'm sort of like a little bit more into like the ebb and flow of it. I have, you know, we'll, we'll talk about tools and things like that. But I think the main thing that really messes everybody up is 
is being out of their environment, their routine, what time they wake up, what time they go to bed, you know, like all those things get shifted, the foods that you eat, you don't always have control over it, you know, Mm -hmm. because you're like traveling with other people. So there's so, I mean, there's a lot that could go wrong Yeah. and I have, and I know, I know what my, my things are. Like I don't sleep on trips. I know that. And I don't go to the bathroom. Like I, these are the two things like that's what could go wrong for me is like, I'm not going to, I'm going to have insomnia and I'm going to be constipated guaranteed. Yeah, definitely. I experience the same as well with constipation. Like it's just so hard for me to like settle in and use the bathroom. Mm -hmm. That definitely used to be something I dealt with a lot at the beginning of my chronic illness journey. It's, it's definitely gotten better now that I've learned and like adapted to traveling, bringing the things that I know that I need or rely Mm -hmm. on. It's definitely gotten better, but it's still a bit of a problem. And I know for me, like my anxiety can kind of like rile up from travel too, just because I'm, I'm kind of a control freak in a way. Like I love, you know, knowing what to expect or organizing or planning. And so I overly plan to the point where like, I can sometimes get stressed out if I like, we can't do one thing that I yeah. wanted to do. And, you know, so stuff like that, where it, it can become overwhelming in a way, uh, in a, for a lot of reasons, but, um, sleep is definitely one too. I never sleep well the first night we're anywhere new. No, so. it's always, yeah. I've gotten better about sleeping the rest of the trip. The first night, always a little bit off. I also think that there's two, two different things, right? Because there's flying, which really messes you up. And I, Rob will say that I, be edgy, irritable, kind of like fight with him the week before we go on a plane. Or like, if we're playing, like we're like flying somewhere because I'm so anxious about flying and about how I know that my body is going to be like out of whack from being on a flight. And then you have your like road trips where you're in a car where you, I think have more control, but mm-hmm. then there's still the element. Like I was actually very surprised that on this trip that was, I mean, it was six hours in the car granted, but I was nervous. I was con- uh, surprised that I was still constipated. Cause usually that's a plain thing. Like to right. me, that's like, when I take a flight, I'm going to be bloated. I'm going to be constipated, you know, no matter what it's like, Oh, I'll eat an orange or I'll drink some water. And I like try to do those things, but I'm still not going to sleep. I'm still going to be constipated. Yeah, definitely. I, I can for sure feel the difference from when we fly versus when we drive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually <laughs> experiencing two cross country moves in the span of a year and a half, I learned a lot about road tripping in making it healthy and mm-hmm. not detrimental. And I, I'm actually very proud of myself in the way that we did it this time around because I worked really hard to make sure I did not feel awful when I got mm-hmm. out of the car after three days in the car. Um, and so, you know, just kind of discussing and talking about some of those reasons why traveling can shift our health is really helpful because like you said like out of routine but that also can affect like your circadian natural circadian rhythm and the time that it wants to get up and the time it wants to go to bed and when you fight against that it really just messes off your total body clock in the way that it naturally does things from day to day Yeah. Well, and jet lag, right. I mean, so talking about traveling to locations where there is a time difference. So like when, so I'm in New York, I'm in Eastern, whenever I go to LA, 
I am always totally messed up by the time my body adjusts. It's usually time to come home. Like it usually Mm -hmm. will take a little bit, but if you're going somewhere like Europe or somewhere, you know, traveling that there's a really big jet lag, that's really hard for the way that your body operates because our body is very, very in tune with the circadian rhythm of like, this is when we wake up. This is when we go to sleep. When that shifts for me, at least it's really hard to be like, okay, well now it's 10 o'clock in this place and now I need to go to sleep, but it's like one o'clock somewhere else, you know, like where I'm usually like that stuff I think can get really, really wonky for people. And then you don't get your proper REM sleep, which totally messes up with your brain causes brain fog, emotional stuff too. Yeah. I, I really struggle with like weekend trips where I fly somewhere. If it's just like a weekend trip to like a cabin an hour away, it's not as big of a deal, but like I need at least three or four days to adjust to a new time zone. Uh, and if I don't get that, like it's, it is stressful. I end up coming home being more exhausted than I was when I left. And so now I really try to prioritize if we're changing time zones on a plane, let's at least be there at least three nights, you know, if not Mm -hmm. like let's find a different time or way to go. But yeah, especially weekend little trips driving, I think is way better suited for at least people who are trying to prioritize their, their bodily health. Um, but there are, you know, a lot of other aspects to it. Mm-hmm. And I know one of the biggest ones for me is, is lack of water dehydration, mm-hmm. because when you're traveling, you're not thinking about drinking water, you know, you don't have access to your Berkey water filter, or <laughs> you know, like it's just a little more difficult to refill your water bottle, yeah. even if you have a water bottle, you know, which we'll definitely like discuss things to bring when you're traveling yeah. to help. But, but something I know for sure happens to me and that can, can definitely contribute to constipation or, you know, headaches or fatigue is just not drinking enough water while you're yeah. out and about. It's so easy yeah. to happen. But that's, that's such an easy one too, to, it's an easy one to miss, but it's an easy one to remedy. Um, cause I, I'm always, that's a big one with me. And what I'll do, especially with the plane is I'll always get a really big water bottle for the plane and something that is like a good filtered water, right? Like a smart water or something like that, where I kind of, you know, I feel good about it. I'm, I'm very picky about waters. Like I won't (laughs) drink like Dasani. I feel like it tastes different. So I'll get like a really good water. What I'll do is also, I have a large water bottle and I'll empty it and put it in my suitcase so that when I get there, I can still have my water bottle. And then the third thing that I do is I will make sure that if I having snacks that I have water forward snacks, right. Which would be like an orange versus having a banana because an orange has more water content in it. Right. So if you're in the airport and you're like, and I know that they always have oranges and apples. So I, so like I'll get an orange or an apple, right. Or something like that, or veggies like peppers or carrots that have a higher water content so that you're snacking on things because what'll happen is we'll be on a plane already inclined to dehydration. And then that's when we were having like peanuts or having snacks. And then that's great, but that's dehydrating us even more. And then we get off the plane and we're so bloated and like puffy and it's like, oh my God, what the hell? Yeah, no, that's a really, really good point. Cause I've actually heard too, that it's better to be like fasting during plane flights. It is. Um, Yeah. But depends on how long, like, what are you going to do? Not eat for six hours? Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? 
Exactly. If I know I'm going to be on like a quick two hour plane flight, like I'll just, you know, I'll just wait. Like it's really mm-hmm. not as big of a deal, but, but I am a huge snacker on a plane. I mean, I think it's kind of nice uh, to bring your own stuff and I always am doing that, but it is all very dehydrated, you know, like mm-hmm. it'll be like plantain chips or like chocolate bars. And right. so I really like that idea of, of, you know, making sure you have more natural snacks around. So that's yeah. Cool. Are you a fan of anything, of adding anything to your water? Because mm-hmm. I'm not, yeah. So what do you add? Are you like a liquid IV person? Like what are some things people could add to their, because I know that one may have a lot of sugar, but I don't know. Yes. Liquid IV has a lot of sugar. <laughs> Watch out for that. So what's a good one that people can use? I really like the brand Ultima, Ultima mm-hmm. Electrolytes. They have naturally colored and sweetened uh, electrolyte powder. So it's mm-hmm. it's like, I think colored with beet beets and carrots and stuff. And then it's only sweetened with stevia. So there's no sugar in it at all. I get the cherry pomegranate and it tastes Mm. like fruit punch and it is so good. So something that's really nice, um, especially traveling, I'll carry around little like travel sized ultimate. Yeah. They're like little packets. Yeah. And I think those are great for people who also don't like water, but don't want to be dehydrated. A lot of people aren't into the taste. Yeah. Cause for anyone who doesn't know, you really need electrolytes to fully absorb the nutrients and the hydration of water. So like the, the two go hand in hand. If you're drinking a ton of water and you are lacking electrolytes, you're not going to be hydrated. They have to, yeah, you're just peeing it out. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So that's why like, you know, Gatorade and all that, that's where it comes into play when you're sweating, like re-upping your electrolytes because you're losing them, you know, when you're sweating. Yeah, totally. I also really like bringing collagen powder with me in the little travel size packets because it is just a little boost of protein. Mm -hmm. And especially if you're like dumping some electrolytes into your water, you can also put collagen powder because why not? It's a little protein. It gives you a little, a little kick. So it's really nice to just have those things around. I think when I'm on the go, because otherwise you just can be running around and all of a sudden it's been five hours and you haven't eaten, you know, water, Uh, especially in like places like New York city. I will say every time I went down to, to the city or was living in the city, I just, never had enough water like because you don't want to carry around a huge heavy water bottle around Mm -hmm. with you while you're walking around the city so uh, man it's tough to do but that is something i try to remind people of all the time i'm like if you're going to be in a walkable city and you don't want to carry around your huge 40 ounce stainless steel water bottle make sure you have like a little one that you can refill when you find a place where you can refill it yeah Uh, starbucks generally does refill water bottles if you ask it's not like allowed technically i think but many a time i've taken my water bottle into a starbucks and be like would you mind or at least asking for just like a thing of water and then i'll dump that into my water bottle because otherwise you're just gonna have to keep going out and buying stuff right gas stations and it yeah adds up it's annoying totally it makes it makes so much sense and i do think like the thing about bringing your own food is really great there's some sort of myth that people think you can't bring food on an airplane, but you actually can bring food. And I don't know why, where this myth started. I think maybe with the whole liquid thing, but Mm. I always pack my own snacks always, always (laughs) like cut up veggies, cut up. I, they, they really do let you, I mean, I've never had an issue with it. Yeah. No, the trick is it just can't be liquid. So like, even if you want to bring food that you've cooked on a plane, you just got to freeze it you can get through the like security with frozen food. So I actually saw a friend that just recently posted this on Instagram that I thought was 
brilliant and i've never seen anyone do this but she freeze she freezes a smoothie and like keeps oh. it in a like a cup uh with a straw that she can like put in there on the plane she freezes it brings it through the airport and then lets it thaw out and like drinks it on the plane and oh that's cool i was like what that's i've never a- done that that's brilliant. that's really cool that's yeah. next level like, that's respect. so smart yeah so you can you can do these things you can you know get ahead of certain things and i think that also for me having the snacks that maybe I don't eat all of them on the plane, but then I have stuff for, you know, the rest of the trip. And definitely if I'm going somewhere driving, I'm bringing a cooler and I'm packing my own stuff because it's really hard. If you eat a specific type of diet, you know, like Mel who's eating more paleo or me who's eating vegan, I really, really struggle to find options in these locations. And also you don't want to be that person. Like it's always like, and people make such a big deal and it makes me so uncomfortable. They're like, Oh, let's get something vegan for her. And I'm like, I will figure it out. Take me to a restaurant. I guarantee I will modify something. I'll figure it out. But I always have my own snacks, like dates and nuts and things that I can have so that I don't have to make a big deal out of it, but that I'm also not starving (laughs) that I, you know, I kind of handle that on my own. Yeah. And I think that that can diffuse stress too, especially if you're traveling with family or friends, because you, I mean, nobody wants to be like the odd man out that can't Mm -hmm. go somewhere that everybody else wants to go. And, you know, I mean, of course, family and friends are always willing to consider options that I give them. I like to do a lot of prep ahead of time, no matter where I'm traveling, I will look on Yelp, I will look online and I will make a list of all the places that I know I can eat. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I can give people options. It's like, yeah. you feel like having Mexican food or do you want to, you know, a steakhouse? Like there's all these different ways we can kind of go about it. That way, like it's not stressful and it doesn't seem inconvenient to anyone. And and there's a lot of options. So that's a, a way I've really gotten away with it, especially traveling with my boyfriend who, you know, enjoys alcohol and, yeah. and whiskey and things, all these things that I can't or don't really want to partake in we can both kind of get what we want out of a trip knowing the places that we can go together and enjoy things that we both want to do and having that balance i think is everything when traveling with chronic illness because it can be really overwhelming and like like limiting in a way i remember Mm -hmm. when i first started looking up like where we wanted to go on trips all of a sudden i was kind of pinholed into a situation where i didn't have options about like yeah. where I could go. I felt like I could only go to places where I knew I could eat at the restaurants that were there. And so I've definitely come a long way in that regard because now, you know, prioritizing staying in an Airbnb or a hotel that has a kitchen. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could go anywhere and do anything. And if you want to bring food with you or pick up food at a grocery store and cook it there, like, yeah, I love doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Going grocery shopping when you get somewhere like that's great about an Airbnb. I mean, there's so many different things outside of the realm of food, right? What else do you bring with you? Like, how do you sort of like set up your space to feel Mm -hmm. uncomfortable? Like, what are some of the things? Oh yeah. So if I'm driving, I'm going to bring my water filter and my (laughs) air filter. Like I'm going to bring my Berkey I'm going to bring my air doctor. Um, They've got space in the trunk. They're coming with us. So like it actually helps so much more than you would ever imagine. Like, cause some of those hotels, like I've stayed at some hotels that are not cute. They're moldy. 
yeah, yeah definitely yeah. yeah i mean i mean you know totally. you can tell like but wait the travel berkey is big i want to just establish this fact because i'm looking at mine out of, the, out of my left eye and can see my travel berkey and i am like wait a second are you packing this up and like taking are you like disassembling this thing yes yes wow oh i've done it so many times and i mean it ends up saving you a lot yeah. of money if you're going to be somewhere and like they don't have filtered water and you got to go buy a whole bunch of jugs at a at a store yeah it tastes nearly as good as the Berkey it's water so true and I just live this because apparently there's something in the water up near where I was that like kills people or at least this is like this myth from like a hundred years ago that people like think that there's like something in the water that's like really bad so all I did was take water bottles and fill up my water bottle. And I mean, it would have been so much better if I had just brought my Berkey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's it. delightful. I mean, cause any of your normal routine and habits that you can bring with you when you're on a trip will keep you from feeling bad. Yeah. I mean, it's everything. And when I have that Berkey filled up I, and I do bring my water bottle everywhere I travel, like, and I do empty it out. If I'm going on a plane, I make sure to have it. Cause it just makes it really helps me feel more comfortable and yeah. knowing like I will have water if I have my water bottle with me. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, my Berkey comes with me. I literally like take the top off and I put it in like a big reusable bag and we actually, it's unbelievable. <laughs> you're going to die. You know you're gonna die. <laughs> I actually will seat belt it in the back seat. <laughs> my God. I can't. Because it makes noise if it's like, you know, it's like rowdy. Yeah. <laughs> So that baby gets belted and uh, oh she God. comes with us. So, I yeah. mean, God bless. I mean, uh, she's we got to do what we got to do. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it can make or break your experience. Um, you know, oh, those yeah. little things really make a big difference. But I will say making sure I bring all my supplements with me because mm-hmm. I have always been, you know, on a lot of supplements and, and digestive enzymes and things like yes. that. You know, I really don't feel well if I don't have them. And I have colored pill boxes yeah, same. for like breakfast, lunch, dinner. And that way I don't have to worry about it. I have it with me. You can yep. throw whichever one it is with you in your bag. If you're on the go, going to eat out. Um, so that's really, really helpful. But I also have a supplement that I'm a big fan of called gluten flam. That is a gluten enzyme specifically that mm. really, really is helpful on trips because I do yeah. feel like naturally you eat out at way more restaurants than you normally would when you're at home and cross-contamination is going to happen. You know, I mean, if you're going to like nine restaurants in the span of four or five days, yeah. like, yeah, you happen. don't know. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think that's such an important part of keeping your routine is like ahead of time, putting them out by day, making sure that you have enough, making sure that you have yours so that you can keep some semblance of routine. And then those extra things that can help you with the digestion like the digestive enzymes, I think are really great. And even for me, like, um, I will use something to help me sleep. And I think that that really helped me this time is like, I, the, one of the tinctures that I make is for sleep and it has valerian in it and I'll do that. Right. And that like, will really help to kind of just keep things routine and yeah. flowing. Yeah. That, no, that's so smart. Cause it, when you know what to expect when you're out of your comfort zone, you can prepare. And I think the first time you travel with chronic illness or with food restrictions or symptoms, it's always, always going to be the hardest. I mean, because you ultimately have to learn those lessons and know how to prepare better the next time. And it's a process and it will get easier. It will get better. 
Um, and I've really, really grown to love my routine with travel now. I mean, I mastered it, right? Like I've done it enough times where I know what to expect. I know how to manage it and it, it doesn't affect me negatively in any way anymore, which mm. is a blessing, you know, takes a while to yeah. get there, but totally. I know another, another supplement I really, really like traveling with, um, is activated charcoal. I don't yeah. know if you do that, but yeah, it's a good one. I have gotten food poisoning on a cruise ship before, uh, and I got so sick. Uh, it was uh-huh. awful. This is actually a funny story because Justin and I got sick at the same time in a cruise ship, Ugh, like God, dorm with no windows. And we were like held up in bed all day. It was, it really was a nightmare. And I remember we called the, the hospital on oh sh- the ship or whatever, Ugh. like the doctor on ship. Cause we're like, we need help. Like we're really struggling. And they're like, well, we either have Tums or we could call 911. And we were like, um, Thanks. thank <laughs> so you for the options. There's no middle ground really. Okay. Well, we're good. You know, I mean, an activated charcoal is really, really helpful for times like that where yeah. you feel like you've been, you know, maybe you had a little too much of something or you get sick and you don't know what it was from. Um, there's just a lot of things that can kind of get yeah. into your orbit when you're out of your comfort zone. So taking that right before bedtime away from all of your other supplements or medications can really just help you wake up feeling a little bit better. Um, I also find that I do occasionally feel like drinking some alcohol on a trip, which is not my normal. And mm-hmm. when I do that, I always like to take activated charcoal yeah. before bed just to make sure, you know, my liver is good, you know, can handle that on its own. But that those are really my go-tos. What else do you yeah. bring? I do a lot to manage pain on a trip. Yeah. Um, cause that's such an important part of my day to day. And I will often flare, like for example, being on this trip in Lake Ontario, we did have some rain and humidity and I was physically not doing all that well. And so for me, I learned early on that traveling with my heating pad is really mm-hmm. great. So I just pack my heating pad. It's obviously like, you know, it's cloth, like fabric material, kind of like roll it up. I always have that with me. I will also bring like these, um, sort of like ice and heat packs that you can heat up in a microwave or you can put it in a freezer that I can kind of like rest on my shoulders and on my head, just in case I get a migraine or if I have neck pain or something like that, especially because besides the climate, like you're traveling, you're sitting, either driving or you're on a plane. Um, another really big one for me is compression socks. I always wear compression socks on a plane unless it's mm-hmm. summer. Like when I was going to Aruba and was like, what am I going to wear these with my Tevas? Like it's not happening, but normally I will do compression socks and help to make sure that I am flowing the lymph that I like do that. That really helps with like pain or restless, restless leg syndrome. I think those are my main ones. Oh, I also will bring with me I'll bring like a gua sha or a konzo wand with my face stuff. And I will do that to help with like the bloating and some of the like lymph flow. So I do that. I've done that on the the past couple of trips that I've taken where like, I just bring these like self-care tools that give you a little bit of extra love because I'm doing them at home and I'm doing it every day at home. Like that's part of my routine. So like, I think to your point about like bringing pieces of your routine, like there are those things as well. I also have a, um, a red light therapy, like a travel size red light therapy that I bring to, and that I will put on like my back or my face. Like I really take care of myself on these trips. Like I'm like self 
care because I'm doing it at home. Why am yeah. I not doing it on vacation? And then I feel like shit on vacation. <laughs> right. Like, I know it's kind of like we get into our head that we want to like vacate from our chronic illness mm-hmm. habits that we have to do, you know, like a vacation is a full vacation, right? Like we don't yeah. have to do all those things when we're not home, but of course we do, you know, I mean, that's how we stay afloat. And it's just a part of our life that, you know, you can't really take a vacation from <laughs> like it. Yeah, definitely, no, totally. It's important totally. to maintain. And, and I know I've really found a way now where, um, you know, I've traveled to some really fun places where chronic illness, like, isn't even a big deal. Like there's a lot of really amazing things to do and places you can go and activities you can be a part of. And I'd love to hear maybe some of your favorite oh places you've traveled with chronic illness. Oh, geez. I don't know. I think for me, I really do like to travel via car. I, mm-hmm. I really think that the plane really whacks me out. Like I, I will say like tools in place and all, like I really do struggle. I also, because I have a fear of flying. So my whole nervous system goes like out of whack. I'm like this crazy person that does like acupressure and lymphatic massage to myself on a plane and people are staring at me and I'm like touching myself. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I breathe doing breath work, doing like breathing exercises on the plane. So I like to drive places to me, anywhere that is in, you know, the mountains where I can really be like connected to the earth is really just for me, really special. So like Rob and I went on our honeymoon in the Berkshires last year, we were able to hike and see all these wonderful things. And even on this trip, being close to water is really restorative for me personally. So, and, and I think also traveling places like Italy, Italy was my favorite trip I ever went on. And it's because everything was so pure and organic. And like, it was like, you eat the pasta and you eat the bread and you still feel amazing and you're walking everywhere. And I think that was like the best I ever felt on a trip. Like I did not have constipation on that trip. I lived my best life. I was like sleeping, going to the bathroom. We were there for like, but we were there for like three weeks. So by the time I had gotten adjusted, it was like, okay, we're going home. So those were my, my, those are my favorite. What about you? I cannot wait to go to Italy one day. It's on my That's list amazing. and it is definitely a place I plan to visit. I mean, I've just heard the food quality is unmatched. I mean, that's what's so cool about traveling outside of the country because the food quality is so much better. Mm-hmm. I mean, half the reason why many of us have gluten sensitivity and intolerance is because of the glyphosate and the chemicals yeah. they sp- spray on the wheat in America. So uh, it's it's crazy. I mean, I talk to so many people who cannot eat wheat or dairy here. Yeah. And then they travel there and they're fine. It's so, it's so true. It's, it's the quality of the food. I also think that there's something there with being on vacation and relaxing and how our bodies process food that we're eating when we're in that state. And people are like, Oh my God, the food's so much better. And I mean, trust and believe it's delicious, but also like, what's your mental state? Because you know what I mean? Like, are you not digesting at home because your life is in chaos and your like whole body is shot or are you, you know what I mean? Like what's so that's, there's that piece too. Yeah, no, I, I know for sure, without a doubt, my favorite place I've ever been is Tulum, Mexico. Mm-hmm. And I've been twice and I'm lucky that I've been twice, but that's how much I loved it. I was like, I got to go back. Um, and both times I was there, I was actually going through heavy detoxes for SIBO and parasites and things like that. And so both times it's like I was bloated and uncomfortable. And like, that's never the place you want to be when you're yeah. on the beach, but it was, it's such a restorative place. Yeah. Like it's the, very wellness. Like it is yes. very like wellness and health. 
It is. And like, I'm so happy that a place like that exists for the wellness community because it is, I mean, there's like yoga retreats you can do there, mindfulness retreats. Uh, the food is unmatched. Like there are so many places I can eat there. It's ridiculous. Cause like they use the food that they have there. They catch the fish, they grow the plants, like they prioritize and, you know, use coconuts to their full, full extent. Like they really use natural food. And that's why, I mean, I, I've even found like a tiny little restaurant in the middle of nowhere in Tulum that like I walked in, had never looked at the menu and could have things on the menu. Right. And that just never happens anywhere else. And so having that freedom to just know you can like walk down the beach and wander into a place that you've not looked up before makes you feel like you're, you don't have chronic illness. Right. it totally changes the way you travel. And I, I'm sure there's other places like that that exist, but there's an amazing restaurant there called The Real Coconut that is like AIP, paleo, like vegan options. Everything is fresh and mm. beautiful and it's right on the water. It's an experience and they have incredible, like the cenotes there are so mineral rich that you physically like feel lighter and you float in the water. Oh, it's so nice. They're the underground caves that are all around the Yucatan and they're beautiful. And so I always felt, even though I was going through like detoxes and stuff and didn't feel well, I felt better because like the water was just restorative. The food was restorative. And like, I I mean, like we said at the beginning of the episode, like I'm sure my vibration was higher, like, right. Well, you're eating all that. Yeah. And I think that there's places that, that do cater to the sort of wellness life, right? Like I think Bali is another place I've never been there. I really want to go because I think it has that like spirituality, that peace to it. Um, I mean, in the country, like going to LA, like I always love Manhattan beach and Venice, right. Cause places like that, um, even Colorado, although I will say I got very sick when I went to Colorado because of the elevation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I definitely enjoyed my trip there, but I was like physically ill the whole time. I got such a bad cold. Yeah. But, like, I think that there's so many places here that do that are like that, you know, the, or Austin. Texas mm-hmm. is another yes. place right, where you can go and kind of like live that hippie experience, which I, I appreciate, you know, it's like going somewhere to your point where you can feel free to, you know, where there's not just one option on a menu, there's a whole restaurant, like what that never yeah. happens. Yeah. And they exist. And like, I yeah. urge anyone to go and like, look deeper to find those places. And I do actually have a few travel guides on my blog. Uh, if you've, never been on my website, everybodybymel.com. Um, I have a Dallas like paleo food guide, a Tulum paleo food guide and a New York city paleo food guide. And so just knowing like New York city was a tough one. I remember like, it was hard to kind of find all the places I could eat there, but I, I looked, I searched high and low, (laughs) I found all the options. So just know those places exist. You just have to find them and do a little research, but, but traveling in general can be done um, seamlessly. It's just about, you know, having the experience and figuring it out as you go. I hope you had a great birthday. I'm so glad you're back. Um, But also, I'll fill you in about Colorado. I'm very excited to go. Um, But I have to talk hot goss before oh my God. we sign off for the day. Yes. And I am entirely behind on everything because I, again, was out of service. And the only thing that I could get on my TV besides the Met game was Grace and Frankie, which is not hot goss 
or hot. (laughs) (laughs) So why don't you fill me in? Don't worry. Um, I want to start off with sharing this with you so that you and everyone who listens to this can hold me accountable because I am done with The Bachelor. Wow, this sounds familiar. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Were we done a year ago? We're still done. (laughs) I it's like a it's like a you know codependency sometimes with me in the Bachelor Bachelorette world because I've been watching it so long now that it just feels like a part of me. But I just despise this show at this point. Like it's gotten so bad and like it's not even entertaining anymore. And like I don't know what happened or what went wrong, but like they've just been I don't know, it's not been working out the way I I want it to. I'm really burnt out about it. I like they picked the most boring bachelor like they could have possibly picked. I just get the sense that like nobody in Bachelor Nation even wants to be a part of Bachelor Nation anymore, which is (laughs) so interesting to me because I feel like it used to be this huge like club um, that once you're in, you're in, you know, and then you're kind of like celeb status in a way. But yeah, no, I just kind of hate it at this point. It's run its it's run its course. Like I think it's just over. They just have making they have made it so cheap and corny. And like I tried to watch, I watched like an episode and I was like of the new season and I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm done. This is just the lamest thing I've ever. I I just don't I I don't have the capacity. Oh, it's a, it's <laughs> the end of an era, to be honest. But like, think about how many hours I'm going to get back in my life. <laughs> like, think of all the other stuff you could watch. I know it's going to open me up to so many new possibilities and opportunities. But yes, hold me accountable. That's what I wanted okay. to start off with. But next, I have to talk about this movie on Netflix that came out last weekend. Yes, I'm so called... excited to watch it. I watched the preview, but I haven't seen it yet. It's called Do Revenge. It stars Camila Mendez and Maya Hawk, And I was not expecting it to be so good um, because I'm so used to like Gen Z comedies or teen films, just not like, I can't connect with anything in them anymore. Like besides Euphoria, which I'm, I just, Euphoria is in a totally different category. There's just been a lot of movies coming out that I just can't find connection with in any way. And this movie is, easily the most iconic thing that netflix has ever made and yeah this is the new mean girls it is that good okay i'm gonna watch it oh geez all right what that's a stamp that's i know i know and it's bold to say but i feel confident saying it i was entertained every minute of the entire thing the cast is unreal and let me just share let me i'm i wrote a list of all the other teen shows that the people in this movie have been in let me just rattle this off for you to give you perspective because we've got riverdale we've got stranger things we've got euphoria this is us 13 reasons why love victor outer banks pretty little liars freaking sophie turner is in this movie sophie turner from game of thrones and the goddess she is as yes. as like a main character she's like a little side character okay but it's really funny um she has like a big moment uh okay. which i love to see because i'm like i haven't seen you in anything yeah. in this category like real fun silly but the queen herself sarah michelle geller is the principal of the school oh wow and so they knew what they were doing like the people that made this movie they're like we are going to pay you know, respect to all the other 90s, like, and 2000s classic teen 
comedy like drama movies and they did it with style they did it with ease they totally transitioned into like the new generation without me feeling like I didn't belong there like yeah and that is so hard to do and the script was so funny like the costumes were incredible I was blown away I was not prepared okay (laughs) okay well we'll take that recommendation heavily I'm definitely gonna watch yeah I mean anyone who watches honestly I would love to discuss it with you. Like, I know we'll, we'll have to, we'll have to do a, we'll do a follow-up after I watch it and we can get, we'll see, we'll see if the critic, the cynical critic likes it. We'll see. But I, I, I watched the preview and it does look like a star studded cast as I, as I say, and I feel like there's, it looks good. I have a hard time connecting with some of the movies as well, because they're so, they're just so politically correct. And it's so, you know, and it's like our teen movies weren't like that. Like they were not politically correct. They were ridiculous. And I mean, that's why they made movies like not another teen movie making fun of how, how they were, you know, and it was such a genre of our generation. And yeah, now seeing these movies, it's like, uh, a, I just feel old and B I'm just like, it's, it's too far in the other direction of like trying so hard. And I just can't, vibe with that it took all of the current political topics and made it into this really funny entertaining thing that Mm -hmm. is kind of almost like playing on the comedy of it all in a way where it's not like i mean whoever wrote this is just really smart um i i'm gonna have to like dig deeper into like who wrote it and how it came to be because they took so many like fun tropes and like things from Mean Girls and like Clueless and these like iconic films and turned them into this like whole new thing for for like this new generation that's so different and I was heavily entertained so I highly recommend I can't wait to hear what everybody else thinks about it because I haven't heard much from anyone yet but uh wow hats off to do revenge highly recommend so i have to clear up a rumor about zach efron um jeez what do you mean (laughs) so okay are you a zach efron fan yes i am actually i i don't know how that happened but i do love zach efron well i'm relieved because i'm a huge zach efron fan and that boy i mean when i when people ask me like who my all-time like celebrity crushes like my ideal your, my hall your pass pa- your hall pass my yeah. hall pass celebrity mine is Alex- alexander skarsgård <laughs> wow unexpected yeah yeah very true, cool of you. true blood <laughs> yes yes true blood yes That's i love awesome. him I love oh my him gosh dearly. not so much in the last movie i saw him in the viking movie but anyway go ahead continue <laughs> well Zac Efron, he's, he's a perfect man. Like he's a specimen of a human being. He's, you know, been in musical theater things, you know, he just does it all. I thought he had plastic surgery on his jaw. Like there was some weird picture that came out of him and he looked so different. And I was like, what? I can't imagine him. I can't imagine him doing that though. I know, but he looked different, like different, different. And 
I was like devastated. I'm like, why did you change your face? Like, why? And like the fact that the industry would like make someone f- like him feel the pressure to even get plastic surgery. I was like, what? Oh, I see what you're talking about. He looks like, like Brody Jenner now. Different. And <laughs> he so, <looks> like, yeah, <laughs> he's doing press right now for a movie that's coming out on Apple TV called The Greatest Beer Run Ever that looks really fun. And somebody asked him about it. And I was like, thank God, you know, like, let's discuss because what happened is that he actually got in a really bad accident and he shattered his jaw. Yeah. He's like an adrenaline junkie. He likes to ride motorcycles and do that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. And so he had to have like surgery and do like physical therapy, um, to speak. Like he said, he almost died. So really sad. Yeah. Still looks good. He does just different and that's fine. Like I just was like, don't change your face. Like, so mm-hmm. I, I'm sad to hear he got in an accident, but happy that that rumor, uh, has been squashed thanks because for, thanks for clearing that up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's hot goss. Hello. It's hot like, goss. It's that's hot what goss. we're all about. And you know, as a grand hot goss finale, um, I did also want to discuss season five of Cobra Kai that I successfully finished in the matter of two no spoilers because Rob and I have no. not started it yet. Of Although you know, I will be happy to spoil it for myself, but <laughs> don't you dare. <laughs> I have not started it. I did watch the trailer because I was kind of like forgetting what it, what was going to happen and it does look really good. So I'm really excited to watch it. What did it deliver? All I will say is that they leveled up. Thank God they leveled up. It's Good. a total, it's like they're evolving. They're the writers are evolving. Mm. The actors are evolving. The story is evolving. And mm. I'm very excited, uh, because, and like, it's really hard to like pick a favorite season because they're all so different. Like kind of like with never have I ever, but I dare say like, this might be the best season it's, it's I know, it know. looks really good. And I think that it's so interesting when a show gets good in the later seasons usually it's kind of like it peaks and then it falls off but they have really been building towards something and I actually think that Cobra Kai is one of the funnier shows that are out right now like it actually makes me laugh out loud yeah yeah and I think that's what is a little different about the season is there's not like as much comedy because mm. like the story's kind of getting more serious oh it and- is um, which is cool because the show's been very like, you know, very comedic. Kitschy. It's, it's very yeah. kitschy. Yeah. And um, so there's shifting happening for sure. So I'm excited to hear cool. what you think okay. about it. The next time we do hot goss, we'll talk about that. Good. Okay. Well, amazing. I did want to say Tanner Buchanan, who plays Robbie in the show, has a shirtless, one shirtless scene. And it gave me hope for the the boys of the next generation. It gave me hope. <laughs> uh, like restoring I mean, faith. He his abs, like I I was sitting next to Justin and he like comes out with the shirt off and I literally gasped. Like I was like, whoa, like this boy has been working. He's yes. And we kind of discussed that he sort of actually looks like somebody that would have been back in the 90s. Similar to yes. I think Conrad from no, oh, the summer I turned turn pretty. I think that these boys that are sort of coming up that are kind of looking a little bit more like the boys of our generation or like the heartthrobs of our generation. I'm here for that. Like I, yeah. Yeah. And I, I know I mentioned this to you via text message 
over the weekend because I, I had a big realization that actually gave me a lot of clarity and hopefully will help a lot of you because I was watching the Liz McGuire movie last Friday and I was looking at Gordo and <laughs> he looks just like Timothy Chalamet. Like I looked up a picture comparing them and I'm like, no freaking wonder. I don't think these boys are cute because they've got this like nerdy, you know, like quiet boy thing going on that we grew up with as the best friend, not the heartthrob. Yeah. He was not the Ethan Kraft of Liz McGuire. Like, and right. that's who the Robbies are of from Cobra Kai. Like we're used to that. And that is so why I feel like I'm not attracted to all these like, well, also we're also their their children like we're significantly older than them i mean like i don't know but i still but i still stand by cole sprouse and i stand by conrad i wish i knew the guy's real name from um from the summer i turned pretty i don't know i was feeling it and then there was something else that that we were both just watching and oh the tell me lies Mm -hmm. and you were saying that you're not attracted to that guy and i he's growing on me but yeah yeah we'll see i'm excited to see the rest of that show it's getting yeah real good um the episodes need to come out a lot faster but something to look forward to uh between now and the next time we release an episode is that hocus pocus 2 is coming out september 30th love it i'm nervous and excited both at the same time because if they ruin this for me if this is one of my favorite things of all time in my life hocus pocus like oh it holds a huge piece of my heart and yeah. they better do it justice or somebody's going to pay. So okay. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> end with some revenge. <laughs> yes. As always, if you liked what you heard, if you want to listen to more, always please subscribe, rate, review on Apple Podcasts. We cannot wait to talk to you guys in a few weeks. October, it's here. Let's go and stay healthy. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.